Hello and welcome to Unbossed. I am your host, Nina Turner. And in the co-host chair today, we got none other than Ida Rodriguez in the house. Ida, <laughs> baby, what's happening in your world? First of all, can I just say how hard that intro is? I was in here bopping to that and I was like, I didn't tell her last time, that intro is hard. Thank you, I'm bopping too, baby. Sometimes <laughs> it hit me in ways I can't keep it together. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here with you, I always. Oh, we're so glad to have you. So tell us, you have a, a book, we want to know all about it. Yeah, you know, I, um, I uh, I went and found my dad in uh, June of 2021. I did a documentary about it, it's on HBO Max. And I was battling with this legitimacy thing. You know, in this country, when you don't have your father's last name, they came up with this thing of calling you legitimate and illegitimate, knowing the history of so many people in this country. But it did affect me. And so I wrote about it, I wrote about you know, that feeling of not having my father's last name and how that affected me in my relationships with men as a mother, as a human, as a person. And um, and I got an opportunity to let it out and tell my story uh, unapologetically without rebuttal and just be able to just unpack that whole, you know, journey of finding my father and what that meant. And uh, just telling that story, and so I'm happy that it's finally out of me, out into the world, so I can move on. Well, I'm sure that your book is going to help millions of other people because oftentimes people have similar stories. They may not be exactly the same, but similar stories, similar trauma, drama, similar you know concerns or or dreams or heart, you know, just just. Life, you know, similarities in life. And what is the title of this magnificent book and how can we get it? I can't wait to read it. Oh, so that I would be honored. Uh, the name of the book is Legitimate Kid, um, and it is available right now at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can go to my website, funnyida.com, and it's available for pre order. And you and I both, both know how important pre orders are, yes. especially for authors of color, marginalized people, because they create more opportunities. So if you can pick up, uh, order a copy of it, it comes out October 17th. And uh, I legitimized myself. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, we can't wait to read it. So please, you all make sure that you pick up a, well, pre-order a copy of Ida's wonderful book. I'm sure it's gonna be healing. I'm, it was therapeutic for you. I'm, I'm picking that up from you had to get that stuff out of you. And I know that it's going to be therapeutic and healing for so many other people. So thank you for being vulnerable enough to put your story out there like that. So many people wouldn't. I really think it's a shame in this country that we would categorize any child as legitimate or illegitimate. All kids are legitimate. You know, Some adults might be illegitimate as hell, but <laughs> kids are legit. <laughs> you know, you. so can't wait to read it. Well, let's have you back on and let's just do a straight interview about the book. Let's do that. All right, looking forward to it. In today's show, Ida and I, we're gonna cover a whole lot. So get ready, baby. Hope you got your seatbelts on for the roller coaster ride. We starting off with the Supreme Court of the United States of America. The Supreme Court is making some surprisingly positive rulings when it comes to elections. I'm saying it's surprising because we know the makeup of that court. First up, a major ruling from just this morning on states who want to change election laws. Take a look. 
The Supreme Court here really rejected wholeheartedly that broad theory that people said would have potentially upended the way that elections are run. The Chief Justice here writing for the 6-3 majority came in to say that no, state legislatures do not have the final say when it comes to how elections in their state should be run. That state courts have the authority to step in and potentially overrule some of the laws or rules that partisan state legislatures might put into effect. There it is. I'm gonna give you two thumbs up on this one, Supreme Court of the United States. Now let's bring you up to speed. This all stems from the Moore v. Harper case out of North Carolina. By a six to three vote, the court rejected the independent state legislature theory in a case about North Carolina's congressional map. The once fringe legal theory broadly argued that state courts have little or no authority to question the state legislatures on election laws for federal contests. The court's decision in Moore v. Harper closes the path to what could have been a radical overhaul of America's elections. Further, a particularly robust reading of the theory, which the court turned aside, would have empowered state legislatures to make decisions on all aspects of elections, from congressional lines to how people register to vote and cast a ballot, without any opportunity for challengers to contest those decisions in state courts under state law or constitutions. Opponents of the theory argued that it could have led to unchecked partisan gerrymandering and laws that would make it harder for people to vote. And I think the key word there in this reporting is coming from political is unchecked. Now Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the court's opinion joined by the three liberal justices, Sonia Sotomayor, Elaine Keegan and Kataji Brown Jackson, along with two conservatives, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito and Neil Gorch's dissented, no surprise about justice. Clarence Thomas, who has been just quite the disappointment. Now, my stunt double did check in on, on, on uh, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch, and, and this is what she said. This is a good outcome, but also terrifying that three justices dissented, and it really is. Uh, Ida, your thoughts? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, there are levels to this, right? We have to think about the. Uh, the the history that well what we've been dealing with in the news with Clarence and Alito and their ties and affiliations to billionaires and you know potentially threatening our democracy with with what they're doing in terms of dealing with corporate corporations and with people who want to run this country for the benefit of the rich i am relieved that these people who call themselves religious fundamentalists um, are, I don't know if they took the humanity of people of color, black people into consideration when they, and poor people when they thought about this. But I'm certainly glad that at some point their God did show up for them to be fair because fair is fair. And you know, I think it's a scary time when we're now looking at the Supreme Court sideways. You know, that was the one place where we at least thought that there was dignity and that there was justice and fairness. And now that we've been, you know, we've been hearing the inform the information has been coming to light about what's been happening behind the scenes. Um, you know, Clarence Tom, uh, 
Clarence Thomas's wife was involved in the insurrection. That was a direct threat to our democracy and an attack on our democracy. I think it's important that these justices lean in a way that is fair. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I mean, I was stunned. I mean, absolutely stunned at the spring, but we gotta give credit where credit is due, at least in these cases. And you know, to, uh, many of the state legislatures across this country are controlled by Republicans. And you can see in those states, they are really turning back the hands of time, passing laws to restrict voter access. And check out this reporting from the New York Times in May of this year about these types of legislatures. Propelled by a new coalition of Trump allies, Republican-led legislatures have continued to pass significant restrictions on access to the ballot, including including new limits to voting by mail in Ohio, my home state, a ban on ballot drop boxes in Arkansas, and the shortening of early voting windows in Wyoming. Also, so far this year, 18 bills in 10 states have been signed into law that will add new restrictions to voting or elections administration, according to an analysis of the data maintained by the Voting Rights Lab. During the same period in 2021, the tally was 16 restrictive bills in 11 states, according to Voting Rights Lab. So thank you for that, New York Times. So I mean, yeah, this is a big moment for democracy, what just happened in the United States Supreme Court. It is surprising because the court leans very heavily conservative. But as Ida said, God may have showed up to in court today or a few days ago too. Let's hope God shows up more often. But the Supreme Court ruled in Moore v. Harper, they made another positive ruling, this time in favor of black voters in Louisiana. Take a look. So the Supreme Court told Louisiana that they're going to have to redraw their congressional district. They had previously put that map redrawing process on hold after a lower court had said, you know, you have to redraw this this district. It does not comply with the Voting Rights Act. They're gonna have to draw a second black majority district in there. This is in keeping with the Alabama case we recently heard, Allen v. Milligan, where the Supreme Court said, you know what, the Voting Rights Act, it continues to stand. You gotta redraw your districts. You gotta redraw those congressional maps to make sure that communities of color have a chance to elect their representatives of their choice. There it is. And what makes this ruling even better is there were no dissents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Some more background on this. The new order means that the lower court proceedings in the case, which were put on hold by the conservative majority in late June of last year, will restart. At the time, a merits panel of the fifth US Circuit Court of Appeals was preparing for an expedited review of a of a judge's ruling that said that the five to one congressional plan likely violated the Voting Rights Act. The judge, US District Judge Shelley Dick, had been considering a remedial congressional plan after lawmakers in Louisiana refused to pass a plan with a second majority black district themselves. Louisiana state officials were sued last year for congressional maps passed by the Republican legislature over Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards veto. That made only one of its six districts majority black, despite the 2020 census showing that the state's population is 33% black. I mean, it's very clear what these Republican legislators are doing, very, very clear. And one of the lawyers challenging the map expressed gratitude for the ruling. Black voters in Louisiana have suffered one election under a congressional map that unlawfully 
dilutes their political influence. Thankfully, Louisiana is now on track to add an additional minority opportunity district in time for 2024, ensuring that black Louisianans are finally afforded fair representation in the state's congressional delegation. So that's that's the lawyer for that. The reporter coming from CNN, attorney Kana speaking it, speaking up, Ida. I mean, you know, you and I both know how much the people of color, black people suffer in the state of Louisiana under the rule of law and the things that are happening that being the the poverty, the lack of representation, the mistreatment by law enforcement is just on and on and on and on. And the way to make inroads in all of those areas is through, you know, the regional legislators that that rally on behalf of the people. So I think that you know, as we, you know, I the cynic in me is always like, ah, but the reality of it is, is that every step in a good direction, in the right direction, is a step, and we gotta, we gotta count our wins because if not, we will live in despair. So I'm happy for the people of Louisiana. Yeah, amen to that. Every step in the right direction. That's it, step by step. <laughs> amen to that. Well, good on the Supreme Court of the United States. As of late, I've had not had many pleasant things to say about this court, but I am glad for both of those cases and I'm glad for the residents in both of those states. Now on to Vice President Harris. There's a poll out. And according to a recent NBC News poll, the support for Vice President Harris is at a record low. The NBC News poll was conducted from June 16th to June 20th with a total of 1,000 respondents participating in the survey. The poll's margin of error was 3.1 percentage points. This headline says it all. Kamala Harris sets record low for Vice President net favorability. Again, that poll was conducted from June 16th to June 20th, so it is very recent. Harris received a net negative rating of minus 17, which is the lowest net negative rating for a vice president in the history of the poll. The poll comes as White House officials have been working with Harris to repair her image and bump up her polling numbers ahead of 2024, ahead of the 2024 election, according to Axios. Now, you know what, I mean, this is my thing. I mean, you want to bump up her ratings, bump up Biden's rate. I mean, the whole thing, bump it up by doing right by the people, you know, changing material conditions and not just sitting up there having meetings. However, this is what they're doing. And how much of this do you think, is there any, so I'm parsing this out several ways, but does race and or gender play any part in the minus 17 percentage points, you think? Of course, I mean, two things can be true at the same time, right? You wanna ramp up your image, don't do PR, do action, actionable items. Get down there and show yourself with the people who put you there in the first place and make some things happen. And then your ratings will go into the positive, but it ain't a PR move. It ain't how many pictures you take with said celebrity, you know, being at the right events. And at the same time, she's being held to a higher standard because she is a black woman. And she has done nothing different than any of these other career politicians have done over and over in this country. And she's demonized for it because she's a black woman. And you know, both things can happen at the same time. So I think that if you really wanna make a difference in this country and you wanna change your image, you should go rogue 
and go actually do something. Apologize to those people that you put in jail because they couldn't take their kids to school because they was broke and they was hungry and they was poor and they needed help. Go apologize to those who do a PR tour of reparations and fighting and advocating for the black people of the country who put you where you are. Yeah, that's it. And it seems like you were looking into my notes because that's exactly what I had in my notes for today is that this is bigger than a PR. You know, this whole administration has proven itself more than not to be based on PR. That's all instead of substance. We need some substance and just not the symbolism. Wrap your mind around all that I and I've talked about in this first part of Unboss. We will be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. And welcome back to the show. Do you get the progress report in your email every morning? You should. If you want a progressive take on today's news, baby, then you want the progress report. Progressive news and inspiration every weekday morning. Take that smartphone and capture that Q code and sign up and share this with a friend. Also, every membership makes a momentous impact, has, has a momentous impact on TYT. It helps us continue to deliver bold, progressive live commentary. A TYT membership is not your typical subscription service. Yes, you'll get access to more exclusive content, but much more importantly, your membership goes directly towards TYT's mission of fighting for positive change. Become a member at tyt.com slash join. We need you, baby. We can't do what we do without you, boo. So join. Now to my absolute favorite, and I mean favorite part of the show. It is your comments. We're coming up with the Aries Kid Maze. Hey, the Aries Kid Maze. Now tell me the name of the beat. Miss Turner, I don't know the name of the beat, the beat of the of, of the opening. I don't know the name of it. I'm gonna have to ask Brett for the name of the beat, but it's bumping. I mean, it really is. So thank you for that. We can get that for you, Simon James. The intro is my <laughs> internal anthem. I know that's right. You too, Simon. It's mine as well. And Winston Sayer, writing books is woke, Ida. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Go ahead, Winston. Woo, yes, it is. On YouTube Super Chat, we got Crystal Braden. Hey, Crystal. Jesus. Today is one of those days when it is truly exhausting to be someone who gives a damn. So many humans are so awful. Ooh, Crystal, baby. Ooh. Yes. To everything that you just said, yes, it is damn, and it's mostly exhausting if you care. If you don't care, it ain't exhausting. But for those of us who actually care and want to keep fighting for change, it is exhausting as hell. I'm with you. And Henry Downs, it will help many, Ida. He's referring to your book, Ida. It will oh, help many. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's so sweet. I'm right there with you, Henry. And now our TYT members, oh jam. Nina Turner and Ida Rodriguez, question mark, question mark. What is the power hour right here? Yes, yes it is, baby. And hopefully Ida and I, we're gonna be working on some plans to spice it up even more for you all. So stay tuned, baby, it's about to get spicy. Yes. Woo. And then we got Crystal 
Again, hey Crystal, the unbossed intro really does snap though. Yes, it does, baby. I love that song. I, I, I want to walk out on a stage on my intro one of these days. We're going to do that. Well, thank you all for your comments, your compliments, your comments, your thoughts. We couldn't get to everybody, but we appreciate you so very much, those of you who get the opportunity to watch us live. And if you're catching us after the live show on video on demand, we appreciate you too. Joe Biden's administration, y'all, I'm going to my WTF neoliberal is, re- is ready to stump for his Bidenomics. Good God Almighty, and it's making me ask, WTF neoliberal. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. I have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. He had a truly historic rate of success when it comes to major economic programs that are building the foundation and the infrastructure for America to lead the world, not just in innovation, but in manufacturing, in the number of jobs we've created, in exports again. People are starting to feel that now. And those factories are Mm -hmm. starting up again with the technologies of the future. And that is Bidenomics. Oh, good God Almighty! That was White House Senior Advisor Anita Dunn yesterday touting Bidenomics. Ida, this is how I'm feeling right now about all of this. <laughs> this. This right here. Okay, can we just say BS? <laughs> right, right here. I'm having a moment. I got lots of papers in my hand. I can't help myself. This is it. I'm a. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm just really with this PR. PR baby and no substance, Ida. Now, Ida, look, but the president is now taking it a step further as tomorrow he'll be in Chicago to go all in on his economic successes. Put Ida back up. I'm just, Ida, because I just got to put the script down here for a minute. I'm trying to get this right. Eggs cost more than chicken wings, butter costs damn near more than eggs. Workers are are striking all over the place for better wages, work conditions, benefits. In places where they don't have labor unions, they're trying to form labor unions. Big mama, big papa, and they kids and they kids' kids ain't feeling no love in this economy. Corporations control almost everything. We are the corporate states of America. I am trying to understand what Anita done. Oh, I forgot she's being paid to say those things. Your thoughts, Ida? Well, I mean, it depends on who you're talking about, right? Because those corporations are richer and richer and richer during the pandemic. Amazon, what, made trillions of dollars? They went into the trillions. So, of course, the if you're talking about the economics, I'm about to say something that's very controversial. But you remember them old white men that built this country that were, they were racist as hell, but they cared about this country. <laughs> but they really did care about the country. They might not have cared about us, but they, they cared did. about the country. They <laughs> had a, a code. Everybody wants a brand. It, this is this is what, what people complain about, whether you agree with them or not. There is a reason why DC should not be Hollywood, right? DC, we don't need brands, we don't need labels. What we need is people to roll up their sleeves and go to work and do what they're supposed to do because they work for us. Come on. This this whole idea of wanting to trend, coming up with these names and these brands, this country is a mess. It is a mess. People at the bottom are suffering. We are striking. The writers are striking. I'm currently striking because we can't get a decent wage. 
and it and it and and I have the luxury of doing what I love to do for a living. There are people that are, you know, are, are we call them essential for a couple of months because they were risking their lives for us, and then we forgot about them all over again. This is unbelievable, unbelievable. And I'm tired of these people with these brands and these names and this corny stuff. There ain't nobody over there telling the truth. They are surrounded by a bunch of sycophants and ain't nobody saying, yeah, I don't think this is the move. Yep, that is it. I'm tired of it too. Just all they gotta do is do a job, do a good job, which is to truly change material conditions and not label stuff. You know, putting lipstick on a pig. And trying to make us think that this is something glamorous about this pig. It's still a pig. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. But the president, you know, is going to Chicago. They're going all out on this Bidenomic stuff, economic success. So Biden heads to Chicago on Wednesday to talk Bidenomics. Remarks the White House is billing as a major address. The president will also fundraise, of course he will. Why in Chicago hitting another blue stronghold for cash? Ahead of his 2024 campaign finance report in July. You know that, I mean, really, America really. Really? That's why we need we need campaign finance reform. Cause that they will hit the road for that. But he couldn't gas up the jet and take his behind to East Palestine, Ohio, but he gassing up the jet to go raise some money in Chi-Town. That he will do. Ahead of the Chicago trip, the White House fielded questions over the risk of self-branding. Hello, Ida just said that. An economic policy and why now considering the inflation rate could hike again next month. While the Federal Reserve opted last month to not raise interest rates. Hell, they didn't raise them higher enough. I'm glad high enough. I'm glad they didn't. It made it made it could reassess the decision next month, making perhaps just a temporary reprieve for Americans. Now the administration and Biden campaign can use last month's slightly ticked down inflation slightly. Slightly, Jesus Christ, report to back the notion the president has been able to turn the economy around. But he'll have to work to work to do to convince some voters who feel financially worse off. See, this ain't about a feeling though, this is real, mm-hmm. this ain't superficial. It's not artificial and it's not superficial, it's real. And that's what y'all need to understand in this report. It ain't there's no amount of branding that is going to change the fact that people's dollars are not going as far as they once were able to. That people are suffering in this country more and more. So y'all can brand away. It will take Jesus Christ to come down here and, and baby, I, listen. Mm-hmm. Woo, Republicans are offering their take on this trip. Alfredo Ortiz, CEO of the conservative leading job creators network had a zing for Biden for being calling the failed economic agenda Bidenomics. Well, hell, even a broke clock is right twice a day. Let me go and read this, stop commentating in between y'all. Y'all know how I get. Calling this failed economic agenda Bidenomics won't change the fact that Biden's presidency will be forever remembered by Bidenflation, Bidenflation and stagflation. Well, listen, I don't know about forever. Y'all Republicans don't shouldn't be opening y'all mouths to say anything. Don't say nothing because you part of the problem. However, your point about this is uh, is spot on. Now, putting aside the propaganda, Ida and I we're gonna really try hard to put aside the propaganda from the neoliberals and right wingers. They all cut from the same cloth. Let's really break down what's been happening under the Biden administration and President Trump. Don't he don't he not off the hook either. But we're gonna focus in on President Biden. I want you to check out this excerpt from. That article from the Hill, the president is set to tout his economic agenda to argue building the economy from the bottom up. Ooh, I I can't stand this slogan, building the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. This is some, put Ida up, 
put the graphic up. I mean, you want to talk about some lame, this is lame as hell, y'all. Building the economy from the bottom up and the middle out is working. Newsflash, baby, it ain't working. It's not working. He has often said he has tried, he's tired of trickle down economics, which was part of the former President Reagan's Reaganomics. Why the hell you got Biden Bidenomics? While at the same time reminding voters he is a capitalist. What in the new level of hell? Ida, what level of hell are we in? Because I done lost track. You know what it is? It's in a, it's it is a very big statement about this the status, the state, the the state of the educational system in this country and the education system and where people are. And now everybody, not just Donald Trump, everybody is insulting the American people because they make the assumption that these people do not have information and don't know what they're talking about. They speak with, they use these trigger words. They say the things that they want to hear. You know what? They there's this elitism in this country where they make they look down on basic skills and you know plumbers and electricians where you can make a good living in this country. We are a hot mess. It is the 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 Kardashians have bled into the White House and now that phenomenon that lives in Hollywood is living there now. These people want to be rock stars. They want to have brands. They want to be rich. They want to live a good life and they don't give a damn about the American people. Crime rates are up. People are suffering, they can't go to the doctor because they don't have health care. It is getting worse. When you say from the bottom up, you have not been to the bottom. Come You're not on. going to the south side when you go to Chicago to understand hey. what is happening to the people. It is a constant insult and slap in the face of the American person that has to go to work every day. And for some reason, they hear these words and they keep supporting these people because they don't know any better. And if you don't know better, you can't do better. That's it, from the bottom up to the middle out. They, like you said, they ain't going to no, where nobody is at the bottom economically or in the middle. No. He gonna go there, get his press conference, and then they going to the upper echelons to raise a whole lot of money. That's what's about to happen in Chi-Town. And you know, there's video proof of this. Do y'all remember during the race? I'm old enough to remember 2020, look at this. Talk to the voters that are worried about socialism and you raising taxes. First of all, I guarantee, I promise, I've never broken my word. Anyone making less than $400,000 will not see one single penny in their tax raised. Number two, I beat the socialists. That's how I got elected. That's how I got the nomination. Do I look like a socialist? Look at my career, my whole career. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, no, you don't look like a socialist. And yeah, you kept reminding people all during the 2020 presidential election, even as Senator Bernard Sanders from the great state of Vermont supported your campaign. But you made sure folks knew that you were not the socialists. No surprise there, dumping on the man even as he supported your campaign. And now looking at this president's entire career, looking at it would take far too long. So let's see if material conditions have really improved for people under his watch. This headline from just last year, 3.7 million kids slipped, just slipped back into poverty after the Biden child tax credit expired and Congress isn't restoring it soon. Y'all put Ida up, this is some BS America. So don't believe what comes out of these people's mouths. 
believe what they do. This was something that was purely in this president's control. And in the last Congress, Democrats controlled both chambers, but 3.7 million kids slipped back into poverty. And if it was that easy for them to slip back into poverty, they wasn't that far from poverty when the child tax credit was a reality. But instead of these people making it permanent and expanding it and even increasing it, these cowards, let it let it go away. Talking about the kids slip back. No, they was pushed back. They was catapulted back into poverty. And if the kids are in poverty, that means that they mamas and they daddies in poverty too. My God, my God. And guess what? It still hasn't been restored because of Biden's insistence of shaking hands with the backstabbers because he's one of them. Like shadow president Joe Manchin and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He says his economic plan is to build from the middle class except There's just one problem, between 1970 and 2021, the share of US aggregate income earned by the middle class shrunk from formerly 62% to just 42%. At the same time, aggregate earnings by those considered high income increased from 29% to 50%. Why? Because of unchecked capitalism. You know, the guy that just raved and bragged about, I'm a capitalist. Unchecked capitalism exploits the working class. He knows it, but he just doesn't care. Or how about this headline right here? Low income Americans face a hunger cliff as SNAP benefits are cut. The US Food Assistance Program offered expanded benefits during the COVID emergency, but they ended last month. And this map right here that we are about to put up for you paints a depressing But necessary picture to understand the share of individuals making near or below the poverty line. Do y'all see what's happening in America? The source of this is CNBC. And this headline from just last month seals the deal right here. Only 33% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the economy, new poll finds. So Biden claims he wants to build from the bottom up and the middle middle out, you can't because there's no middle to build from, Ida. You know, this whole, uh, uh, the capitalism thing, you know, he's taking a page out of Trump's book. It is this aspirational delusion that they feed to Americans that them too, can be they too can be where they are without accounting for the privilege and the the you know the hand that they have gotten and where they are that the average american doesn't have that they have been feeding american people this foolishness miss the definition of socialism has been appropriated to scare people into not being China and Cuba, but they won't tell the truth about what why they are peddling these stories to the people because they have the, they have these people. How many of them states where people are slipping back into poverty and hunger are red states? How many of them? Because quite a few of them are. You know, this continuous story about healthcare, when it comes to the welfare, when it comes to assistance, look at the eviction rate has gone up. Like people are 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 going back into, I mean, are going becoming unhoused. It is out of control. And they keep saying it is better, but when they don't, what they neglect to say, it's 
who it's getting better for and is them, the homies, the owners of the corporations, the, the CEOs, the people who have all the money in this country who are doing just fine. But go and poll the average American and where you are in every single state, people are suffering. They are struggling, they can't keep their jobs, they're not getting paid a decent wage, they can't keep their homes, they can't feed their children. Their children are turning to the streets for crime. This is not a black and brown issue. There's a lot of poor people in this country who are white, who are on those SNAP benefits. And yeah. a lot of them will vote to spite, they will spite, what is it, bite their nose to spite their faces. They yeah, will cut their nose to spite their face, yeah. For these people, and those people don't care about them, and it's well, going to get worse. Well, I, I, I said on the show yesterday that you know working class people don't have both of these duopolies are cut from the same cloth, and what we need to do as working class people in this country is form solidarity based on being in the working class, not yeah. based on who's Democrat or Republican, but to forge in a true alliance yeah. that takes into account all working people. Because if you ain't got a sugar daddy or sugar mama or sugar somebody. If you can't afford to take three months off, five months off, six months off, seven months off a year without suffering, if you are one major health care scare away yep. from ruin, then you are in the working class. And we need, and some of us are you know, blessed to be maybe at the top of the working class, some are in the middle, barely, and some are at the bottom. But baby, we work for a living and we need to form some solidarity to each other. Forget the duopoly, they are all together. On this, trust me. They go to dinner together. They socialize together. They hee hee it up together, yep. laughing their butts off all the way to the bank. How is it people go to that Congress? Many of them, you know, uh, in the working class, and they come out millionaires. Hello, yep. somebody, a bunch of somebodies, multi, multi, multi millionaires. I mean, I ain't got nothing. I don't have nothing against wealth, but it's how you make your wealth, and they grifting their behinds off. And we got a double header in our neo, our neo WTF neoliberal. We got yet another derailment. America, there's been another train derailment. Yes, this time in Montana, 10 cars derailed. The company Montana Rail Link, Montana train derailment raises fears of similar disasters on proposed Junta Biasen, excuse me, railway. Stillwater County, Montana Sheriff's Office said it was a great stroke of luck that none of the train cars were carrying oil that would have polluted the Yellowstone River. Thank God for that, but we shouldn't have to be on a hope and a wing and a prayer to keep our waterways clean. A freight train derailment and the collapse of the bridge over the Yellowstone River in Montana on Saturday raised alarms as several cars carrying asphalt and molten sulfur tumbled into the river, prompting officials to take emergency measures as nearby water at nearby water plants. The incident also brought to mind for some critics the Biden administration's plan to move forward with a railway project along the Colorado River, one that could place the drinking water of 40 million people at risk as trains transport crude oil from eastern Utah's basin to national rail lines. And people have good reason, America. People have good reason to be skeptical and to be concerned about the Biden administration and about how it is handling or mishandling matters of national transportation, be it rail or air. It is under this administration that the epic failures of Southwest happen, 
the failure of Norfolk happened. All of those happened under this administration. And the residents of East Palestine, speaking of Norfolk, are still not made whole. And they are still suffering and they, they are raising and sounding the alarm, both on the state and the federal level. Transportation Secretary Mayor Pete Buttigieg had this to say when he was questioned a few months ago about the train derailment in East Palestine. Rail safety is something that uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. In other words, don't worry, folks, nothing to see here. This kind of stuff happens all the time. What you sweat me for? Don't worry about this. It's par for the course. I'm gonna tell you something, America. I would not put Pete Buttigieg in charge of, of uh, in charge of a tricycle race, <laughs> Ida. Seriously, yeah, it is. I mean, the gross disrespect of humanity in this country has become normal. It's just become par for the course. The the lack of respect for human life because it's below the poverty line, <laughs> and and because of what you look like and what you sound like and where you are, it is disrespectful. And to watch these politicians that are all within the same circle and the same gang, the same ring, you know. This it feels like um, that vampire TV show that used to be on HBO. These these are the vampires, and the way they treat America, True Blood. The way they treat Americans, it is just egregious. And I'm so sad that people put their hope and their faith into all of these people because they don't realize that they they don't care about them. They they. They manipulate the American people, they trigger them, they they play to their weaknesses, they play to their desperation. And these people still sitting around thinking that all these clowns are gonna do something for them. Whose life has gotten better under what administration? Tell me, I'll wait. Which administration has made life better for people of color in this country? Black people made it better for poor people in this country, for LGBT. Who has made it better? Here you talk about a queer man who has privilege and it is lost on him that all these people that are poor that live in these communities are struggling and they need, they need these trains to work for their livelihoods. Not just you know the poison that we're talking about that is killing people, but yeah. I, I just say that we have to be we have to become awake. I mean the 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 reason they killed the great Fred Hampton was because he come was on exactly what they defend and it has gotten worse and that was yeah. when it's gotten worse the monster it has gotten worse. worse. It's funny you would bring him up. I was just talking to a good friend of mine about Fred Hampton just the other day. Fred Hampton told the truth. He knew what it was and he was building alliances even with some people who you know I mean he went to the to to, to white supremacists actually and said hey we got the same problem here. You know, it's, it's it's the man. The foot is on all of our neck. We need to build some coalitions here. Uh, Fred Hampton was just really one of a kind. Not many people would have taken, you know, walked into the lion's den in the way that he did. But he did that. He was a very young man, only in his early 20s. But he just had the mindset of somebody who had been here before, and the government killed that man. And that's a story for another time. You know, the the, the rail companies, uh, it, according to them, no one was hurt. The initial testing of the air and water proves that everything is okay, even though sulfur, you know, which is is using an insecticide and fungicide and rodent side is often using fertilizers, 
is in play here in two of those rail cars. But you know what, David Sirota summed this right on up with his tweet. I mean, I think he just put the icing all the way on the cake on this. He said, as you see this horrible news from Montana, please remember that the Biden administration is advancing a plan to let oil trains run along the banks of the Colorado River. We should say no to that, we should say hell no to that. Please, Lord, no to that. Don't let the Biden administration do this again, they not ready. And they are not capable. And to pollute people's water like that, put people's water in jeopardy when we know this administration can't handle it. No, it would be a problem, very disastrous. And as I said, I wouldn't let Buttigieg run a, a tricycle race, okay? He ain't ready. And he gonna try to run for president. So y'all better remember this. East Palestine, you better remember this, baby. Yellowstone, remember it. All right. Woo, pizza. <laughs> The right is blaming woke ideology. Now, y'all gonna hear me lecture about woke. They don't even know what woke meant. The term was co-opted by neoliberals and some liberal white folks who didn't understand what woke meant in the black community. Now it's a buzzword that the right is using. Don't even know how they they're just using it. They just in in vain they're using it. Okay, I'm not gonna never. I'm gonna continue to remember to remind you. That the way that they are defining woke, be they neoliberals or conservative, is wrong. However, here we go. They blaming woke ideology in the protest of proposed pizza oven crackdown. Watch this. The woke ass idiots who run this city are doing everything in their power to destroy it. We have naked men with their bouncing around all over the city yesterday in public in front of children. We have the most violent raging crime rate ever. We are being invaded by illegal immigrants who are being treated way better than our homeless veterans, our teachers and first responder heroes who were fired, still not compensated because they didn't take the Fauci injection. Our city schools produce the dumbest kids and the woke ass punks who run New York City are afraid of pizza. The world used to respect New Yorkers as tough, thick-skinned, and gritty. You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York, this is the New York Pizza Party. Give us pizza or give us death. Pizza or give us death. Give us pizza or give us death. Ah, Baby, put Ida up. Ida, brother wasn't playing. See, see, he wasn't playing. I, mean, <laughs> I wonder said, how many days New Yorkers that people don't even respect New Yorkers no more. He said. Yeah, I wonder how how long it took him to write that speech. He really went in. He really was like, I got bars. Like you know, he sat down and he put everything. He is the epitome of what I am talking about in this country about. Getting your information from articles on the internet and not being informed on what is really happening. And the reality is that he thinks that woke people, I have jokes about that, the woke, the, the performative woke people that <sighs> have taken the term and, and, and what you said, you just said it. I don't have to yeah. say it. Again. But it's just so funny because those are the prime targets. Those are the people that these politicians know they can rile up. That's a Donald Trump person right there. They believe that everybody's trying to make everybody gay, that they don't want them to, they're coming for the pizza, really, really, bro? 
It's so sad, it makes me sad because I know that his information is coming from one place and that there's a there is an algorithm that sees to it that all of his information comes from the same place. Ooh, I don't know why he would waste that good pizza though. I'm, I'm hurt. Oh, I'm just I'm really hurt by that. I still respect the pizza. I want him to know. Now I don't eat much of it cuz it ain't good for the hips all the time that I'm trying to keep, you know, together. However, every now and then I do partake in some pizza, baby. And I do go to New York. Don't waste the pizza. All them hungry people in New York, you throwing pizza over the gate. Let's take a look at what Dave Portnoy had to say. Apparently, in New York City, some liberal arts, Ivy League, pink haired, crazy liberal who's never worked one day in the real world is on an environmental commission. And they woke up from their little nappy poo, wherever that may be. And like, I figured out how to save the world today. We have to get rid of coal oven pizzerias in New York City. We gotta stop that, the, the emissions, I guess is pollution, blah, blah, blah. Now, Dave, why they gotta have pink hair? Don't do that to the pink hair people. <laughs> Them fools don't got no damn pink hair. The people is doing it. Don't, why? Why he hating on pink hair? Don't do it. Now, the New York Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules when it comes to coal and wood fire ovens used in pizza restaurants. The rule would, be, would force places using the ovens to cut their carbon emissions by up to 75%. Now there should be a way though, come on y'all. Now New York, come on, there's a way, there should be a way to solve this. A way to cut back on emissions without targeting small businesses. Come on, we got to find a fix for this. Y'all don't do this to the pizza people. I kind of agree with that, but I don't agree to what extremes they just label and stereotyping folks. But they got where there is a will to find a solution, there's a way. Tax write off of businesses that purchase emission control devices maybe. Maybe could that be a fix, New York? Or grandfathering in existing pizzerias. There should be a way, New York, to have clean air and good pizza. Can we work on that? Then brother ain't got to throw that damn pizza over that gate like that, wasting that pizza when people hungry in I'm these hungry. streets. Ida, in these streets. I'm hungry right now. You in these streets. The, the United States government has done a really good job to put the onus of all the mistakes and all the, the horrible things that they've done to the planet and to the country on the individual and the small businesses. They tell you to recycle, they tell you to buy a Tesla, they tell you to buy an electric car, but they don't tell the corporations to stop spilling that damn oil into the ocean. They don't that tell part. Yeah, it's it's the penalty on them. And then the American person, now you see these people who lack education, they don't have information. They think the immigrants are coming to get them. Everybody's trying to make their kids gay. They don't have the information. So they're always being triggered and emotionally driven. But the truth is, is that the 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 unjust onus that the government is putting on the United States American citizen with all the other stuff that we have to deal with on a all daily the basis. Other stuff. We gotta save the planet. Sure, we gotta do our part, but y'all gotta go, y'all gotta stop doing this when, when it comes to the ocean. Don't throw your plastics. Don't do this with the straw. What are you doing? How are you regulating what these corporations are doing, which are doing the majority of the damage that, to the planet? Part. I mean, coming after small businesses in that in this way, and even though I might not necessarily like the messengers, I mean, their point about you know coming down on these businesses, there has to be a way to help them 
coming to compliance with emissions because everybody got to do their part. We all need clean air, clean food, clean water. There really is no way around that. I mean, we need it to live, to live optimally. However, and no, it's not a, it's, it's an and. And help these small businesses. Now, the rule could require pizzerias. We back to the to the rules here. With such installed, with ovens installed prior to May of 2016, to buy emissions control devices that cost at least ten thousand dollars. So that's why we asked: Is there a way to either grandfather them in, or give them a tax write off, or getting a new oven, or something like that? According to DEP, this affects 50 to 60 pizzerias in New York City. So now we know why brother was so upset throwing that good pizza over the fence. A city official said that. That under 100 restaurants total would be impacted. One pizza restaurant tour who requested amenity told the Post that sensitive negotiations are currently taking place with DEP officials on whether to grandfather in or exempt the dozens of coal and wood oven fire pizza joints from the mandate. We got to be able to do that. Now, here's a statement from DEP spokesperson Ted Timbers. All New Yorkers deserve pizza. No, I'm sorry, let me read this. All New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air and wood and coal fire stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. The common sense rule Developed with restaurants and environmental justice groups requires a professional review of whether installing emission control is feasible. It is feasible. Let's look at this as a win-win. How can we do both things? Make sure that we make the air quality in New York better and also make sure that we provide some relief for those small business owners so they don't gang up once again and throwing good pizza over the fence. Don't do that, y'all. And for the love of God, leave the pink haired people alone. Don't mess with them. Ida, it has been absolutely tremendous to have you on Unboss today. Please, you all, don't forget to pre order Ida's book. Ida, where can they get the book once again? Amazon, Barnes and Noble. They can go to funnyida.com, A I D A. And yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I always have a good time with you. <laughs> I always have a fantastic time with you and I can't wait till you're back again. And we cooking up something for them. It ain't pizza though, but we cooking <laughs> something up. All right, we will see you next time, baby. You know what I want you to do. I want you to keep the faith always, always, always. I know it is damn hard these days to keep the faith. Keep that faith and marry it with a whole lot of fight until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.